Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's show is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean and professional website up and running for your computer or tech-focused business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about how to get the most out of live events and conferences. How can you position yourself to find partners, clients, and build trust and authority all at the same time? Plus, I'll give a recap of the unconvention, and I'll discuss mixing business with personal on Facebook. All that and so much more, coming up right now. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to be to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder page and click the following tab and then select See First so the, uh, the podcast will jump to the top of your feed in Facebook. Uh, also, if you want to catch up on the show notes or past episodes, head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. We have uh, all the shows there that you can download and subscribe to and all that fun stuff. So today... Uh, the show is a little bit different. We don't have a guest. It's just me. I'm going to be uh, talking to you guys about my experiences at the Unconvention, which we just had this past weekend. Uh, and I'm going to uh, talk about marketing opportunities at events and conventions and how you can take advantage of that, uh, what my experience has been uh, at this event uh, as someone who is marketing my own business at this event. And also how you can take advantage of these types of events, even if you're not directly marketing to the attendees, you can still practice some of your marketing skills. And these types of events are great way, great opportunities to do that. So that's going to be the topic today. How to take advantage of market or how to take advantage of live events, in-person events to market your business or practice marketing your business. Before we jump into that, the featured topic, uh, Wanted to do what we always do and take a look in the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group and see what's been going on over there. Uh, if you want to join the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group, just search for Computer Business Marketing in Facebook and search for a group uh, called Computer Business Marketing and jump in there. We ask you a couple really easy questions, just answer them and we'll get you into the group. Uh, we have a lot of fun there. We get a lot of great, helpful feedback. A lot of interesting stuff. So, for example, um, Jay Burley, who has been a guest on the podcast in the past, uh, he asked a question in, he actually started a poll. So, you know how in Facebook you can create a poll and like put different options that people can choose. And he created a poll asking folks, uh, do you have business contacts as Facebook friends? So, that's kind of a big, you know, I, I won't say controversial topic, but it's, you know, people fall on one side or the other. Uh, for very different reasons, and people feel pretty strongly about whether they allow business contacts to be friends on Facebook. So uh, the majority of folks said that they allow a select few of their clients to be uh, fr their friends on Facebook, but only if they're cool people. <laughs> so a select few that are actually cool people, but that's it. You know, and I, I think that's a big key, right? The, the type of clients you have are not necessarily the same type of people that you would be friends with, but there might be some clients who, who you know, you have that, that rapport with and that personal relationship with, and you, you know, you don't, you might know their kids and their kids might know your kids. That's, that's a great relationship to have. Um, but it, it can be tricky because sometimes in business, you have to fire your clients because they don't pay on time or, you know, they don't want to pay your rates or they, you know, they give you the runaround or whatever. Uh, but it's hard to do that with friends. So there's, you know, there's definitely that, that line. And, uh, and so, you know, you can kind of pick and choose which of your clients you want to be your Facebook friends. And that seems to be what the majority of people do. Uh, another, uh, option was, uh, the next most popular thing was yes, that, that, that a lot of people do mix business and personal. 
Um, so that you know that that does seem to to be a popular choice as well. And then there's there were actually almost as many people that just said flat out no that they will not uh, allow any of their clients or business contacts to be their friends on Facebook. You know that's what LinkedIn is for, or that that's you know what emailing is for. Uh, but Facebook is strictly for friends or personal relationships. You know, and I, I would agree. I would have agreed with that uh, uh, a few years ago, but nowadays, uh, not so much because Facebook now has become much more than just a a personal platform where you can share pictures of your friends and family among your friends and family. You know, Facebook has business pages. You have a business page on Facebook. Facebook's really pushing the messenger service where, you know, someone can message you or message your page. Um, so, you know, the, the lines are starting to blur. And while there are separate um, silos in Facebook, there's the business page, you know, there's the groups, and then there's your personal profile. Um a lot of times your personal profile is going to end up interacting with people in groups, especially groups, or even maybe on your on your business page as well. So that's when the line starts to get blurred, right? You start interacting with people on the Facebook groups, and then they want to maybe shoot you a quick message, or they want to interact more with you and become your friend. Uh, and that's, you know, that's where things can get tricky. I, I, I'm a big proponent of Facebook groups, and I'm a big proponent of participating in Facebook groups. And uh, as, as, as you know, a marketing tactic, as a way to uh, get your brand out there, as a way to become an expert, as a way to be trusted by your clients or people who are potentially your clients. That's what I do as the owner of Tech Site Builder. I am active in lots of different Facebook groups. And, um, and you know, I do accept friend requests from people who are my clients. Um, listeners of the show, other computer business owners, people who use Tech Site Builder, people who use my uh, WordPress development services. Um, I do allow them to friend me on Facebook. I friend them back. Uh, but here's the key. I allow them to be my friend, but I put them in the restricted friends group. And we've talked about this before. But when you uh, accept someone as a friend on Facebook, um, you, there's a button that appears after you accept their friend. Uh, their friendship, and it says it says friends or something like that. You click that button; it gives you a drop down, and then in that drop down, you can choose to add them to a friends list. Scroll down that list, and at the very bottom, there's a, a list called restricted, and then click on that. That'll put a check mark next to it, and now that friend is considered a restricted friend, which which basically means they will only be able to see whatever you post publicly. So. That's what I've done. Um, most of you guys who are following me, um, you're on my restricted list, and that's nothing personal, right? It's 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 because you know there are certain things I only want to share with close friends or family, and uh, and then everything else, like you know, just cool things I see when I'm traveling, or you know, motivational quotes or something like that. That might be something I post publicly, um, so that you know I don't get all my any drama that's going on out there. Um, not that there's any drama going on, but you know what I mean? Um, you know, political stuff and, and all of that stuff. So that's, I would, I would really urge you to do that as well. If you are accepting friend requests from clients or business associates, um, you know, people who you don't necessarily interact with regularly in person, um, I would uh, put them on the restricted list and then, you know, just pay attention to when you share something on Facebook, is it something you want everyone, including your clients to see, then make that public. Or is it something that you just only want, you know, your close friends and family to see, then you can, um, then you can check the, the uh, privacy setting that makes it only visible to friends. Um, and that's something that's, that's easily accessible when you post in Facebook, there's a little, um, toggle there where you can choose, uh, who gets to see your post. Um, so, so that's kind of my way of solving that problem, right? There are clients that want to friend you because they want to send you a message or because they want to, you know, feel like they have a connection with you. Um, and I, I would encourage you to do that because, that that only strengthens your relationship with that client and makes that client less likely to go off and use another service provider and make that makes that client less likely to pay you late um, or less likely to uh, you know just stop talking to you and and not return your messages or whatever 
um, I think it, it does help to strengthen that bond. And so far, it's been working for me. This is a, a hugely personal issue, though. So I think whatever you know you do um, has to work for you and work for your particular situation. Um, but I'd love to hear from the folks who are who are watching this live. You know, how, how do you handle this? Um, if some if your clients want to friend you on Facebook, do you allow it? Uh, if not, um, why? If so, you know, do you use that restricted group or do you allow them to see everything you post? Some some of us don't post anything on Facebook that's personal. Um, I do, so I like to to keep that stuff separated because I have family that's all over the country. Um, I'm not a big phone person. I don't call them on the phone as much as I should. Honestly, sorry guys. Um, so I like to keep Facebook as a way to keep in touch with my family, share some personal stuff with them. So that's why I make that separation between family and uh, and clients and business associates. Um, but that's you know that was definitely an interesting topic that came up in the the marketing Facebook group. Uh, another topic that came up in the group. Uh, let's see here. Is um, so we had someone who posted about uh, they're an app developer, a web app developer. And that's that's the cool thing about the computer business marketing group is computer business is is a pretty broad term, and so it, it can it can kind of encompass anything. You know, we had Jay Jay Burley on earlier who started out as a computer repair person, but then his business evolved into a, a software development business. Um, same with someone like Brian Best, who who was uh, a guest on a previous episode as well, who uh, started out as BreakFix Mac. Uh, then MSP, and now he's kind of a, a mixture of MSP and product development and all of that stuff. So we like to have um, a, a you know a broad mix of of different computer business professionals in the computer business marketing group. And one of those folks is is Amit, and Amit um, was I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he was talking about that he's got a, an app uh, a web app development company where a lot of his projects tend to be in the five-figure range, and sometimes they'll eventually um, morph into six-figure projects. And he was asking the group how he can get six-figure six figure projects from the beginning. Um, uh, so, you know, how, how can he kind of attract those bigger-budget projects? Now, it's interesting because a lot of the feedback he got in the comments was, I, you know, wow, you're, you're playing in, 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 in the stratosphere, you're out of our league. You know, a lot of folks in this group are not, um, doing, you know, five figure, six figure projects, but that, you know, keep in mind, that's kind of the difference between software development and computer repair or computer support or IT administration or IT support. A lot of, uh, a lot of your, uh, types of, of projects are, are, smaller projects, one-off projects, or it's continual monthly projects, right? You have um, that MSP model where you have folks on a, on, a, on a continual support basis. And although like any one payment might not be, you know, five figures or six figures, if you consider some of, you know, the smaller or even medium-sized MSPs that are out there, um, you, you know, you're talking like 10, 20, up to 50 seats per client and you have a handful of those clients, you know, over time, especially if it's every month, every month, you're going to have five, six figure projects. It's just going to take a lot longer for it to get up to that, that level. So don't, don't think just because someone is in a industry like app development, I'm in the same boat, web development, you know, my typical project uh, for, for website development is between five and 10 grand. Um, You're not really going to turn that kind of um, uh, revenue on a typical like brick fix, brick and mortar type of 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 service. You know, you're looking more like five hundred, a thousand per um, per job. So, so just think, just just keep that in mind that software development is a little different animal. His his projects probably last a good chunk of the year, um, and so that six that five to six figures is going to take a long time to finish out that project because you've got to you know, 
get gather their requirements and then build a, a prototype and then do testing on the prototype and then make tweaks and changes and and then do uh, design around that prototype and then and then come out with you know a development version that's that looks like it's completed, but then there's still a lot of stuff you need to do, and then you need to do user testing, and all of that stuff could come into play in software development. Uh, so that that's kind of the reason I wanted to bring that up is is sometimes folks in different groups will throw around numbers that might seem like way out of your league, or might seem maybe the opposite, it might seem too small for you, and and you don't want to even uh, you know you can't relate to them. But just keep in mind that. Everything's relative and different business models might approach revenue in different ways. So some people, you know, have the monthly revenue over time that adds up, or some people might have big projects that they do, but those projects last days, weeks, months, years. Um, and just keep that in mind. So what what he what he's really asking is just how to increase the the level of client he's getting. And that's something we all uh, experience where we need to, um, you know, we go from residential to business services, and then from business services to, um, you know, maybe you know, small business to medium business, and from medium business to you know, large business or enterprise. And so we we're all kind of you know looking to get to that next level. And a lot of the tactics are really the same. You know, for Emit, it was really about you know who should he be approaching, what type of client should he be approaching. He doesn't want to approach government clients because he feels like there's a lot of red tape involved, and it's it's hard to um, land those projects uh, based on the amount of work you need to put in upfront to 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 land them. Um, but uh, you know, Brian uh, mentioned that um, it depends on the location. So if you can go to lo- locales where the government is a little bit smaller. Um, those those types of small government, like at the town level or the county level, uh, those projects um, might uh, you know you might want to target smaller counties or smaller towns um, because those projects um, they they still might have a good budget, but there might not be as much red tape, there might not be as much competition, um, and maybe you can get away with higher um, higher higher bids and higher projects. But that that was just an interesting back and forth. Um, also, it looks like Jay Burley uh, might have found a partnership opportunity with Emit uh, because uh, they were kind of going back and forth with they have different clients and and fill different needs, and they're both software developers, so they kind of um, connected there. Um, so that was good. Uh, so th- that's kind of some of the stuff you can see going on in the uh, Computer Business Marketing Group. Search for it in uh, Facebook computer business marketing and join us. We'd love to have you there and we'd love your feedback on all of these topics that are going on over there. Um, yeah, see uh, in the chat, Michael Matthews mentions that the MSP model does come close to those figures, right? And and that's that's right. I mean, the, the M, depending on the size of your clients as an MSP, you can surpass that. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, 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 just, it just depends. And so I, I you know, we're all kind of playing on different levels in this group, but the cool thing is that a lot of the advice, per, advice that we're giving pertains to, to all levels. Um, and uh, hey, uh, Cristobal just joined us in the Facebook Live group. How you doing, Chris? Uh, had the pleasure of meeting you at the Unconvention, uh, and it was great um, to hang out with folks who I see showing up in the, uh, the Facebook Live here, um, and meeting you face-to-face was really awesome. So... Let's uh let's jump into the feature topic before you we do that. Just want to give a quick shout out to uh, the sponsor of this podcast, which is TechSite Builder. That's my baby. Um, that is the uh, the company I run that will help you as a computer business owner with your website. Um, really, what TechSite Builder is? It's a platform. Uh, it's a web builder platform specifically made for computer business owners. The goal of TechSite Builder is to be uh, fast. Um, and efficient and, you know, just very easy for you to get your website up and running because you're, you, you fix computers, uh, or you, um, consult with networks or IT services. Um, a lot of times that is very different than designing and developing a website. You know, that's more, um, coding and app development and, and that kind of thing. And a lot of times those, those, those don't mix. 
So if they don't mix and you've been struggling or you've been using something like Wix or Squarespace or you've been trying to you know, find a, a WordPress theme that works for your, your computer business, don't waste time with any of that stuff. Don't worry about that. Just come over to Tech Site Builder and we give you the platform to make it really easy. Um, the, the thing about Tech Site Builder is there's no fluff. Uh, a lot of times with like those WordPress themes or even with Squarespace or Wix, you, you have, you know, those, those are developed for, for everybody. So there's all this, this filler and fluff that you don't need, like image galleries and, you know, slidey doodads and, and animation who's it's and, and, <laughs> you know, whatever that you don't really need because you're just, uh, you're just trying to sell IT services. So computer, uh, so the tech site builder only gives you what you need. We give you a space to highlight your services, make it really easy. You can show your price if you want to or not. We have a place where you could put your business address if you're a storefront. If not, we put your phone number up front, way at the top, uh, nice and big, so that it's always uh, visible. And um, and then we have contact form on the homepage and in, in every place that you want to put it so that people can contact you very easily. Um, and then that that's and then a place for testimonials, uh, so you can highlight what people have, have said about you. A place for your blog posts, so you can keep your content updated and and have you know updated content for your clients. And then that's about it. There's there's not a lot of extra stuff to get in the way of you having a an effective website. Tech Site Builder websites are mobile responsive, so they look good on mobile phones, on tablets, on desktop computers, and uh, and so again, you don't have to worry about it. We take care of security. We have security firewall. We have hardware level security. We have hardware level caching to make your, your website super fast. So all of this comes together to give you just a top shelf experience with your website. You can set it up. You can build it. You can add content. You can make it look however you want, or you can order one of our concierge services so that we can do it for you and we can put together your website and we can get a, co- a professional copywriter to write your copy and to write blog posts for you. So you, you, you don't even need to do anything. Just sign up for Tech Site Builder, order concierge service, and bam, we'll have a beautiful website up and running for you. So check that out at techsitebuilder.com. And if you have any questions, just fill out the contact form over there at techsitebuilder.com and we'd be happy to answer it for you. And... Uh, that's that. All right, guys, let's jump into the featured topic today, uh, which is going to talk, be talking all about live events, uh, how to take advantage of live events to market your computer business or to practice marketing your business. And we'll kind of get into what I mean when I say that. Um, but uh, so first of all, I just kind of want to give a recap of the unconvention. So you've heard me talking f- most of this year about the unconventions, especially as long as this podcast has been been on the air, um, as long as we've been doing this live video podcast, you've heard me talk about the unconvention. Uh, it's something that I got involved heavily with this year. Um, I became a sponsor and I did most of the organizing as far as the um, the location and the venue and the food and the logistics and all of that stuff. Um, so that was, you know, that was definitely eye opening. It's uh, uh, props to anyone who who puts together events and who has to do all that stuff because it's it's a lot of work and uh, and a lot of stuff can go wrong and it's a lot of balls to juggle and and um, but I think it, it came together well. Got a lot of great feedback um, from folks who really enjoyed it and. Uh, and, and it seemed to be effective, a lot of good information. People said they came away with lots of good information. So it seemed to be a success. Um, it seemed to work out really great. So uh, kind of what happened was on, on Friday, uh, we had a get together at a local bar in Washington, DC. Um, it was called the iron horse tap room and it was, it was a bike quote unquote biker bar, but not really. It was, it was a bike themed bar. So it wasn't a biker bar because there's not like you know big guys and beards and leather jackets hanging out. It was it was a it was a bar with like Harley Davidson memorabilia everywhere and like you know bikes hanging from the ceiling and stuff. But it was just a regular bar with with lots of really cool beer, lots of local beer um, and other drinks that people enjoyed. So it was really cool. I I I thought that was a great opportunity to get lots of people in before the event happened. And to just mix and mingle and um, and loosen up a little bit and get to know each other, 
Um, so that was really cool. And we had a good turnout. About, I think, half of everyone who showed up at the unconvention showed up at our Friday night social. So that was a kind of a fun way to kick things off. And then um, Saturday morning, we started uh, bright and early at, um, actually, not too early. I mean, it was we got things started at about 930 we had a you know nice breakfast. Um, everyone got situated. L- okay, let me tell you one thing. If you're ever going to host an event for computer business owners and probably just entrepreneurs in general, be ready for people to show up like an hour early. <laughs> like we we told people, you know, the the event started at nine thirty, and we had people rolling in at eight thirty and eight forty five and eight twenty, I think. Um, and so we're like frantically running around getting started and. And, um, and it, so, you know, Hey, we're a punctual crowd, right? And, and we, we know that through, um, dealing with clients and stuff that you got to be on time. You got to even, you know, showing up early is being on time. Um, so <laughs> just, just something to note, if you ever do put together an event for computer business owners or entrepreneurs in general, um, be prepared for folks to start showing up early and maybe, uh, I don't know, keep the door locked until you're ready for people to come in. Uh, but it was no problem. It was actually cool having people there and, and it, it gave them a chance to, again, to kind of talk and get to know each other and, and relax and just get comfortable in the room and stuff. So, so we had folks coming in and then, uh, we started the morning with the pod note. So that was, uh, Mike Smith from the Mike tech show, myself, uh, Marvin B and J David Sims from, from, oh gosh, the name of his podcast escapes me, but it's a, uh, a HIPAA, HIPAA related podcast. So it was the four of us up there talking about how to convey value in your services and how to make sure that your clients are paying, uh, are going to, are going to be able to pay or not be able to pay, but are going to be willing to pay, you know, the top level price that you're offering. So uh, we kind of encouraged folks to not compete on price, instead to um, to bill yourself as a premium service and to charge premium prices. Because when you do that, see, the cool thing about charging premium prices is that you can then offer awesome service. Like you can take the time to really get to know your clients and have in person meetings with them, and um, and you know you take the time to really work through the issues if you're getting paid well. Because, you know, that's the the big thing, especially with like my web development services Uh, for those big projects uh, where the client is able to afford, um, you know, to pay a good rate. I'm able to, you know, have lots of follow up meetings with them. I'm able to really get to know them and gather the requirements for the website. I'm able to have lots of revisions. So, you know, I show them the website. They say, can we tweak this? Can we tweak that? And we go back and forth on that quite a bit. Because I have that breathing room, and because you know I have, um, I'm being paid as a premium consultant, so I'm able to give them a premium service. So that's something I, uh, you know, we were trying to convey through this this talk is that, you know, give that next level service, and you can charge those next level prices. So that that's what we did at the Podnote. After that, um, let's see. I'm trying to remember the schedule <laughs> because. Um, it, uh, it it was a little bit fluid, but but things um, tended to go as uh, planned. Um, after that, oh, and after that, then we we went into our long lunch. So we had all of the sponsors who were there, all of the vendors. Um, they were able to give a quick pitch about their products and services, and that's something I'm going to get into um, later on in the future topic about if you ever sponsor an event. Um, I learned a lot from the folks who were sponsoring this event in that, you know, it's all about just continuing to give value. You know, even if you're sponsoring an event, that doesn't mean you get to show up and say, hey, purchase my product, purchase my product, purchase my product. My product's really great. Purchase my product. Um, You still want to continue that relationship that you've done through everything else that you've been doing, like your blog posts and your email newsletters, that value that we keep talking about that you want to convey. you want to continue to do that. And so that's what our sponsors did. Um, all of them did a great job of, of saying, hey, how can I help you guys? Um, we want to get your feedback. We want to show you the cool things we're working on. Um, so that's what they did. Uh, and then during that long lunch, um, people had the opportunity to sit with each of the vendors or talk with each of the, the sponsors that they wanted to talk to and, uh, and learn more, get to know them, 
that kind of thing. After that, we did uh, the expert presentation with Brian Best of Best Max, and he has been a guest on the show before. And he gave a knockout presentation about um, taking us through all the steps he took to start his M- uh, break fix business, grow it into an MSP, and then sell it. And then he also talked about starting a side hustle, uh, which was really cool, uh, like a side business where his side business is building um, software to help people who support Macs, uh, Macintosh computers. Um, and uh, he, uh, and then, um, so he encouraged uh, all of us who were there to kind of start a side hustle as well. So if you're in computer repair, maybe you can think of a product or service that might help your clients or might help other computer repair people, um, or even just might help yourself at first and then work on developing something and then, you know, maybe sell it or see, see how it works. But that, that was a cool, cool presentation from Brian. Then we went into the, the working groups where we broke out into small groups to talk about pricing, marketing, and or uh, improving your productivity. Um, and we spent the rest of the day doing that and then doing a recap of what we learned in those groups. And then on Sunday, uh, more cool stuff with Malwarebytes. I'm not, I'm not going to do a play-by-play here because that might be boring to some of you. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, it was just really cool. Um, Malwarebytes gave us a, a, a peek into some cool stuff that they're working on that they haven't released yet. Um, they actually had to, um, you know, some of the stuff they're sharing with us, you know, we had to be on an NDA and promise not to share it until they release it. So that's the kind of cool stuff you can see at the unconvention is kind of behind the scenes and and pre-release stuff. Um, so Malwarebytes shared some of that with us. And then we got into the hands-on labs where we learned um, deeply about things like networking, um, how to do network tests and um, that kind of thing. Uh, compliance, um, J. David Sims talked about uh, how to um, get started with compliance and how to make it work for your business. Uh, we talked about SEO, search engine optimization, and how to do a, a self-audit on your SEO. Um, and then Malwarebytes did some cool, um, again, behind-the-scenes kind of look at some things they're working on. Um, and shh, we, can't, we can't talk about that here. Um, then we had a, a, an, another awesome lunch. And then we did a compute. Uh, this was probably my... I had the most fun with this part of the, uh, the event, and that was the community Ask Me Anything. So that's where you know we kind of had everyone who had presented at the event up there at asking, answering, and asking questions of the rest of the people there. You know, the 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 event is small enough to where everybody who's there can kind of have a dialogue and talk back and forth, and we can all get to know each other and ask each other questions. So we went through lots of things like you know what tools do you use, what RMMs do you use, um, how are you marketing. Um, how do you, you know, get clients and, um, and lots of different specific things that we kind of asked each other about. And, and that was a lot of fun just to hear feedback from folks and to, to just kind of everybody's participating. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then we just kind of ended the day with, um, a networking session where we all just, you know, had the entire room to, to open, to, to talk to each other and to, talk with the sponsors or, or just kind of mingle and, and share information. So, so that was the unconvention. Um, again, a lot of great feedback uh, and we'll let you know, you know, soon if we're going to do it again. And if so, where um, we're just kind of, you know, decompressing a little bit after this event and, and kind of gaining some perspective and, 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 and getting feedback from the people who went uh, to see what they thought about it. So um, would love to, uh, to, you know, hear uh, from folks who went to the unconvention and, and hear what you thought about it. Um, tell your friends, tell everybody uh, in the groups what you thought about it and make them jealous so that they'll want to come next year. Um, but what I really wanted to get into uh, today's episode was how you can use these types of marketing events to your advantage and how you can, how you can market at these types of events, how you can market your business. So, um, you know, first of all, one of the one huge takeaway that that was really great that came out of the marketing working group session at the unconvention was um, some uh, was a technique called uh, well, the, it does not called anything, but I'm going to call it um, voicemail cold calling. So this is you know, a lot of us don't like cold calling, and frankly, people don't like to receive cold calls. 
Um, and a cold, you know, you know what a cold call is, right? You call someone up, um, they're not ready, they don't know who you are, and you say, "Hey, I'm blah blah blah, offering computer repair services or IT services." And the person's like, "Man, I'm busy. I don't want to think about that. I'm not ready." And cold calling is just it's rough. So, um, so so it's funny. Mike Mike Smith um, works with his son, Mike Smith Jr. And Mike Mike Smith gave his son a a task to cold call a bunch of businesses. And Mike Smith Jr. was just, you know, not having it, not enjoying it. And so what he decided to do was wait until after hours when the business was closed and then call them and leave a voice message. So that way he could, um, you know, gather his thoughts and, and just kind of lay out the layout, what he wanted to say without getting interrupted and without having to, you know, seem all salesy. And, and so he did that. He, he left voicemails and he got a great return on that investment. Uh, I think they got a couple clients right away uh, out of doing that. And what he says is the major benefit is the people who ended up calling him back and becoming their clients uh, made the, the comment that, you know, oh, we really enjoyed your voicemail. You, you seemed like a really nice person. You had a very calm you know, personality and a voice. And I think you're able to let that come through because you're not worried about like trying to sell the person really quick and, and trying to, you know, get them, convince them to use your services without them hanging up. You can, you can leave a voicemail and let it just kind of simmer and, and just be yourself and, and that'll come through on the voicemail. And then the person can get back to you when they're ready. Um, they, they made a great, um, point that, you know, voicemails, people can save voicemails. So they receive a voicemail from you and they're like, oh, you know, I might be interested in that, but not right now. Let me save that for later. So they can save it for later. Um, a lot of cell phones now, you can save it as a, as a file to your computer. So, you know, it's a, it's a great way to, to cold call, you know, call people, but, you know, not, um, not have that anxiety and they can, they can save your message for later. So it's kind of works like an email, but I think there's, you know, emails, people get bombarded with so many emails throughout the day. Um, a lot of businesses don't get as many voicemails. So that's just something to, to keep in mind. That was a cool takeaway, a marketing tip from that I learned at the unconvention. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Brian said that that's a genius idea about the voicemail call, cold calling. Um, we thought so as well. So that's, that was definitely a cool tip. Uh, so, you know, what, what I, so there's kind of two approaches I want to take with the, uh, the marketing at, at networking events. There's the, you know, going to a networking event like the unconvention where you're networking with, with other of your peers, you know, other computer business owners. You're, you're not necessarily going to be marketing your services to them, but you might. Uh, but then there's the other event where it's an event where you're going as a vendor or as uh, you're going because there's a lot of your type of client at that event. And that's where you're going to kind of want to be more um, there to convey your services and potentially be someone to sell your services to those folks. Um, so, you know, something like the unconvention, although it might not seem like a place where you would be marketing uh, your services, you'd be surprised how many people at, at the unconvention actually ended up hooking up because they offer slightly different services, but they're in the same area. So someone who, you know, does MSP type work and someone who does break fix type work, they might be able to partner, you know, where, you know, the person doing like B2B MSP work um, might still have folks coming for residential break fix, or maybe their business clients have home computers that need to be fixed every now and then. They don't want to deal with that, but hey, there's this guy I met at the unconvention who does that. Let me ha partner with him and send him referrals. He can send me the business referrals, and you can have that kind of symbiotic relationship. There's no better place to set up a relationship like that than at a live event like the unconvention. Um, you know, the, an example in, in my own world is that's where I ended up um, establishing a relationship with Paco, Paco LeBron, who came on to be, to co-host the computer business podcast. And then eventually the computer business marketing show for a couple years. Um, that was a great relationship. It helped me out a ton. It helped grow the podcast and that built from uh, us meeting in person at ChannelCon all those years ago in Chicago. Um, and then you're able to, you know, kind of see if you're going to work well with this person. Um, you, you, you can get to know them a little bit, hang out with them afterwards. And then if you think it's going to work out, then start some kind of partnership um, 
a symbiotic partnership. Um, and that's, you know, that's great. That's, that's worth the price of going to the event on its own. And a lot of that happened at the end convention. That's something you can look for, whether it's at the end convention, at, you know, channel con at ASCII, any of these computer business events that you go to, just keep an open mind about partnerships and always, you know, ask guys or, or folks, you know, what are the, what are the services they offer um, and see if there's a gap in the services you offer and if you can have a partnership. Um, a great thing you can do at these uh, computer business marketing events, uh, or not marketing events, these networking events, is to practice your pitch. So even though you're not necessarily pitching to these folks, you can still kind of practice that that um, that that interaction that you're going to have with potential clients at those other marketing events, uh, but. At a, at a place where you're with your peers, it's, there's a lot less pressure. So things you can practice is your elevator pitch. You know, if someone says, Hey, what does your business do? Or, or what do you do with your business? You want to practice that, that quick pitch that you can give to someone. It's called an elevator pitch within like 30 seconds, you know, as long as it'll take to go up or down in an elevator ride. Um, you want to be able to, to summarize what your business is. So for tech site builder, you know, I always say that it's, you know, a way to get, um, it's a platform for computer business owners to get a website up and running um, that's effective and easy, um, and we take care of all of that stuff for them. So you know something like that, where you 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 talk about all of your advantages and how you're different from everybody else. So don't just say I'm I'm a computer repair shop. You know you can say I am the you know um, uh, mobile for, uh, mobile first computer repair shop where. You know, we we can repair your mobile phone and um, take care of all your other um, div- portable devices, so you can you know get back to to doing what you need to do. Or you know, we're an IT services business where um, you can rely on us to be your go to IT person if you can't afford to hire uh, some uh, a dedicated IT person. Uh, we can you know be that type of uh, person for you, or you know whatever. Just think, and of course you do better than I just did because <laughs> I haven't practiced any of <laughs> pitches for a business that I don't own. But you know that's something that you can practice over and over again at a uh, an event where you're with like minded people who are, and then you can ask them for feedback. You know, hey, how was that pitch? Um, did, you know, how was how did I convey my services? Did I really differentiate myself? That kind of stuff, and you can get feedback from your peers. Something else y- you can do is um, a- practice asking uh, a- asking questions. So again, that's something that that we've talked about. That's that's good to do at live events. Is instead of saying, "Hey, I do this. Hey, I do that. Hey, you know, this is me." Um, you want to ask the uh, the person about them. Hey, how's your computer business? Or if it's at the the networking event where you're looking for clients, you can say, um, Hey, you know, what kind of business are you in? Or, Hey, what brings you to this event? Um, and then just start asking more and more questions. Um, and then eventually it leads you to the question, um, that is going to sell your services in a, in a kind of a, um, in a, in a low down way or in a down low way. And that is how can I help you? And this was something that actually somebody asked me at the unconvention that I was not prepared for because I came to the unconvention as a sponsor, as a host, um, you know, as someone who's helping put it together. You know, I was more concerned with how everyone there was doing that when someone actually asked me what they can do to help me, I was like blown away. Like I didn't, I didn't know how to answer that uh, because, um, I wasn't prepared. So, so that reminded me that if I do go to an event where I am the presenter or I am the person who is, um, who is, is putting the event together, still be prepared to answer the question. If someone asks you, how can I help you? Uh, because you want to have an answer to that. You want them to feel like they can help you with something. Um, so be prepared for an answer. You know, maybe it's something like, uh, hey, I'm looking for more work in whatever area you're in, or I'm looking for remote work. Um, can you help refer folks to me? Or, you know, I'm looking for advice on such and such if they're maybe at a different level than you are. Um, so kind of think, I wish I would have said those an- these answers that I'm saying right now to this person who asked me. But when they asked me, I was just like, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, I was not expecting that answer. So something for you to think about, you know, First of all, ask questions of people and ask what you can do to help them, but also be prepared to answer that question if they ask you it in return, uh, because um, 
you know, you want to take advantage of that and you want to make that for person who's asking you that question feel valued as well. Um, so that, that's something I picked up at this year's unconvention. Another tip, bring business cards. It seems stupid. It seems like, duh, of course I'm going to a networking event. I need to bring business cards. But with everything I was planning and packing and trying to think about logistically, I forgot to bring business cards. Uh, people will still ask for your business cards at a networking event. That's just kind of expected. So first tip, bring business cards. Sep- second tip, have a business card that has room to write on it. Um, I know personally as, as someone who has taken a lot of business cards at the unconvention, um, some folks were interested in following up with TechSite Builder. Some folks wanted a free trial of TechSite Builder. Some folks already were TechSite Builder clients and wanted, you know, wanted me to, to help them through different things with their website. And so a lot of times I'd have to take their business card and write the notes of, of what I needed to follow up with them on the business card. Some people's business cards did not have that kind of room. Um, some biz- people's business cards were all black, so I couldn't write anything legible on them. Um, some of them had write, a lot of writing on both the front and back. Just keep in mind that a lot, of, a lot of the benefit of a business card is you have this thing that you can then take notes on and then take back with you so that you can, when you refer to them later, you can remember what you need to do to follow up with these people. So first tip, bring business cards. Second tip, when you create business cards, make sure to leave some, some room on the business card for someone to write something. Third tip, when you accept people's business cards, don't be afraid to write notes on the business card. If, if you know, the person you're talking to says, hey, yeah, I wanted to um, try out your service, but I've got some questions and I, I can't remember the questions. I, I need to go back and think about it. You can say, well, hey, great. Let me, let me follow up with you on that um, so that, you know, once you do remember the questions you wanted to ask me, you can do that through email or something. And then, okay, let me write that down so I can be sure to, to follow up with you. It's not going to look unprofessional. It's going to actually look like you care about what they're talking about and that you care about following up with them um, and that you're actually you know, taking the time to write that down. So that's, that's another tip to keep in mind with business cards. And that's really, you know, people might think business cards are dead, but every networking event I go to, I always exchange business cards and I always use those business cards to follow up with the person. Even if you, you're already Facebook friends or you already follow them on social media, the business card is a great just way to remind yourself to follow up with that person. Um, so that's what business cards uh, were to me at this event. Um, something else uh, that I learned is very valuable at events and that was reiterated at the unconvention is, you know, be prepared and be willing to go out after hours and continue the conversation and hang out. Uh, you have very limited time at a convention because you're going from here to here to here. You got this event, this event, this event. Um, if you go out for dinner or drinks afterwards, that's a great time to really get that one-on-one connection with people um, without the hubbub of, of all the crazy stuff going on with the event. So as you're talking to folks throughout the event and you, you, know, you build a rapport with someone or you find a group of people that you, you, know, you feel like... Um, you, you, your services uh, are very similar or you want to learn more from, you know, throw it out there. Hey, what are you guys doing for dinner tonight? Or, hey, do you guys want to grab a drink after the event? Or maybe do you want to grab coffee tomorrow morning? Something like that. And take, take advantage of those opportunities after hours and before hours to continue to network with folks that you met at, um, at the event. Because especially like for me, like, um, as the host, I had a lot of people coming up to me, asking me things, and I had to be thinking about logistics. And so it was really hard to, to sit down and actually talk with folks and, and work through their problems and stuff. So, um, you know, someone could have said, hey, let me buy you a drink afterwards, or hey, let me take you for coffee tomorrow morning. Um, and one, one person did that. Uh, and, and so that, I think that's, you know, and that person, we're going to have a, I think a great working relationship moving forward. Um, so, you know, take advantage of that. If a speaker that you enjoyed, um, had a great speech say, Hey, you know, what are you doing tonight? Let me take you out to drinks or whatever. You'd be surprised. You'd think these people are busy and everyone's asking them out or everyone's asking them to do something, but no, it only happened to me once. And I'm sure it's, it's not as common as you think. So that's a great thing to take advantage of as well at events. And that's a great way you can talk to some of those people who might not be very approachable during the event, like the speakers or the vendors or, or whatever. 
um, offer to talk to them after hours. Um, and then uh, my final big takeaway is look for opportunities to, um, to organize events. So you don't necessarily have to look for events to go to. Um, if there aren't any events that you like, or you're looking to create an, ev- you're looking for a specific type of client, like business clients, or uh, dentists, or lawyers, or doctors, or professional services, or or you know hairdressers, or whatever. Think about creating an event for for those types of people, um, and you know it can start as a small meetup of like five people. You can go to meetup.com and create a meetup for whatever you want and start it as five people, then grow it, it grows to 10 people, then 20 people. Then you can start you know, turning it into a, a conference or whatever and rent out a big space and, and hire caterers and, and really turn it into something huge. Uh, because you know, with all the work that I put into the unconvention, the, uh, what I got out of it was, was even greater. And it was... It was so much work, but so much, so much of a pleasure to, to, to be able to do that and to see the reactions of people and to be able to provide a service for people. And now myself and TechSite Builder are going to be synonymous with putting on a great event with, um, you know, being a leader in the industry and you want to be that leader in your industry too. So consider organizing events, even if they're small events. Um, and then uh, as you're organizing events, also, Think about sponsoring events. So, um, you know, I'm sure there are lots of, uh, you know, trade shows or business expos or whatever in your your city or your town. Look out for those and then consider being a sponsor. Um, and then when you are a sponsor, again, take take the tact of how can I help you? What can I do for you? Um, not, hey, you need to buy my services and here's why you need to buy my services. But, hey, you know, I have a service, but what I'd really like to do is help you with whatever problems you have. That is exactly what Malwarebytes did as the sponsor of the Unconvention. They said, hey, what do you want to see in in Malwarebytes? How can we help you? What don't you like about the service? And if you're going to be a sponsor for an event, um, take that that, uh, spin also. Um, You know, just provide value, keep providing value, keep providing value, um, you know, and then you know, that will come back, uh, in sales. Um, and then also, um, you know, offer to be a speaker. So there's, you know, you can start an event, you can sponsor an event, or you can be a speaker at an event. And that's a great way to establish yourself, um, as an authority and share your story. Um, you know, that's what Brian Best did at the unconvention. He, um, he has this new product that he's offering, um, uh, it's a Mac support, uh, membership type of product where, um, he'll help you support Macs and he'll give you kind of the infrastructure you need to support Macs. And so he's kind of introducing this new product and he did that at the unconvention by being a speaker. And his entire speech was about his story and how, you know, how you can learn from the, the different mistakes he made and how you can grow. And he, he gave a, a full hour, uh, talk about, helping, you know, the, the attendees of the unconvention grow their business. And he got, um, a lot of great feedback. A lot of folks were really interested in his product, even though he never pitched his product the entire, uh, the entire time he was giving his presentation. So, um, I think, and, and I talked to Brian afterwards and he said, you know, it was well worth it for him to be a speaker at the unconvention and same with Malwarebytes. They, they love being, uh, at, the unconvention and they want to come back again because they get such great value of being a vendor and being a sponsor. So I, I can't stress it enough. It's really worth it. If you have the money to be a sponsor, sponsor an event. If you don't have the money to sponsor an event, then offer to be a speaker and don't expect to be paid as a speaker. Instead, your payment is the fact that you're letting yourself be known to the community of the people who are attending the event. So go speak, talk about cybersecurity at a lawyer event, or go talk about HIPAA at a doc, uh, you know, a healthcare event, you know, that kind of thing. Look for those opportunities, and I think it's going to work out really well for your business. So uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Um, let's see, uh, Brian in uh, fake, uh, Facebook said, "There's also value for the money." Um, 
in online business card services that can contain all your social media addresses, phone number, website, email, and even photos and promo videos. You can just text them the link and it gives them the option to download your mini app or business card to their smartphone uh, to browse later. Um, business cards can get misplaced and it's hard to lose an app you installed on your smartphone. Do you have a link to like a service like that, Brian? Um, I have seen that before. Uh, it would be helpful to know where folks can go to get something like that created. And I think, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I do like the physical business card, like I said, because that's a place you can take notes. That's, that's how you can remember to follow up with people. And, um, and I don't necessarily think a business card is any easier to lose track of than an app on your phone. Because if you're like me, you have hundreds of apps on your phone and a, and a second app might get lost in the sauce. So maybe there's a way to combine the two of those, right? You have a business card. Maybe the business card has a link to your business card app where people can get more information. So on the business card, you can just have the, the quick and dirty stuff, right? Name, um, uh, phone number, website, and then a link to that business card app or whatever. Um, and that way you can kind of do both. Um, and, uh, and you can have the physical card, but you can also have that online card as well. So yeah, that's a great idea. Um, if you can, before the show is over, uh, or, um, I might follow up with you later, let me know what service that is. Cause I'd like to put that in the show notes. I think that would be helpful to folks. All righty. Okay. So that's going to do it, um, for this episode of the computer business marketing show. Uh, love to hear from you guys uh, what you think about this this show format. Normally we have a guest, but today we didn't have a guest. Um, what do you think about live events? Um, are you are you going to try to go to more live events this coming year? Um, did anything I say resonate with you? Uh, love to hear your feedback either in the Facebook um, comments under this video or head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com and leave your comments on the show notes page there. Uh, for today's episode, it would be computerbusinessmarketing.com slash episode 22. Uh, we love to hear your feedback. Also, if you listen to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to leave us a review. Actually, let me check really quick if we have any new reviews. Normally, I try to do that before the show, but I forgot. Let's see here. Uh, Computer Business Marketing Show... Podcast reviews. Ah, come on, guys. Still only one review from our friend Bruce Corson. So if you're listening to this on your iPhone, on your iPod, on your iAnything, or if you're on a computer, head on over to iTunes, uh, search for the Computer Business Marketing Show, and leave us a review, please. Uh, we need those reviews to help get the uh, the, the show noticed. Um, that will help us get better guests on the show so we can have, you know, some heavy hitters. A lot of times the better guests are looking for a certain amount of listeners on a podcast before they'll be willing to go on as a guest. Um, so, you know, we just, uh, there's lots of benefits to having lots of listeners to the podcast. Um, so the way we do that is to spread the word and get more reviews. So head on over to iTunes and, uh, and leave us a review, um, uh, honest review. Let us know, let me know what you think of the show. Um, and let's see what else. Uh, and then just, uh, don't forget to check out the sponsor, uh, tech site builder, and you can go to techsitebuilder.com and also go to unconvention.io. If you're interested in attending next year's unconvention, uh, right now on the, on the website, we have a form right there on the homepage. You can fill it out with your name and email, and then we'll send you a message next time, uh, when the new, uh, the next unconvention if and when it's it's coming, um, we still have to discuss that, but um, I'm hoping it does. And if it does, then you'll be the first to know about it. So put your info there. Normally, um, also the folks who hear about it first get a slightly cheaper price on the ticket. Um, so definitely put your information at unconvention.io if you want to hear about future events. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening to this. Oh, before, before I go, I also want to um, throw this out there. We are not having live shows next week or the week after. And I think maybe even the week after that, because I'm traveling overseas, I'm going to South Korea um, to visit uh, my girlfriend's family over there. So um, what I'm going to do is we are going to release podcasts on those weeks, but they're going to be best of shows. And what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the old podcast, the computer business uh, podcast. 
and we're going to find some of the most popular episodes on that old show and then bring them back um, and have those as our kind of best of for the weeks that I'm gone. So no live shows next week or the week after and maybe even the week after that, but I'll uh, be back for live uh, shows after that. So just make sure you follow the Tech Site Builder page and um, and then click the following tab and then click the uh, see first um, option so that next time we do go live, it'll pop up in your Facebook feed. All right, guys, so I won't see you for a few weeks. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes so you can get those best of episodes. And then we'll see you in a few weeks. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella saying here's to your success. Your success.